This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. From baseball's top personalities. The great Chris Russo joins us once again. To the game's top players. Joining us is the All-Star. Matt Chapman with us. You never know what stories you're going to hear. If you make your way down here, I, I might be able to make some time and go out there and see the great Chris Townsend. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. It's time now for another edition of A's Unfiltered, and this is going to be about FanFest. I was able to be on the stage for State of the A's with the two men that run the Oakland Athletics. The president of your A's, Dave Cavill, and vice president of baseball operations, Billy Bean. So inside this edition, you're going to hear from Dave. You're going to hear about the stadium. You're going to hear about the 2020 season. Of course, Billy Bean will talk about the past couple of years winning 97 games and going forward with uh, some of the moves that have been made and about the 2020 season. And then, of course, you're going to hear questions from the fans. This is the main stage at FanFest State of the A's with the president and the VP of Baseball Operations. It's Dave Cavill and Billy Bean. We got a special event for you right here because when you look at the A's, you know, there's always going to be obstacles, and not everybody is equipped to deal with those obstacles. You have two men that truly understand what it means to win here, to be successful here, and our first person I'm going to bring up, basically he has gotten this ball club, no matter what the obstacles are, he's gotten this ball club into the playoffs half the time he's been here. He's truly one of the great executives in the history of sports. He's going to be a baseball Hall of Famer. They, they did a book. They did a movie because they realized what this guy's doing here is pretty incredible. Please welcome, and I mean one of the true great executives in Major League Baseball history and sports history, Billy Bean. And as I said earlier, it's not easy to build in California. It's not. You can ask a lot of different franchises, whether we could talk to the Giants or we could talk to the Warriors, you could talk to the Rams, Chargers, you name it. It's not, or the Kings of North. It's not easy getting a building done. And for the first time, someone came in here and said, you know what? I'm not going to be stopped. I'm going to make it happen. And he's making it happen for you. That's the number one thing. He's making it happen for you. No excuse. This man has no excuses. It doesn't matter what you throw in front of him. He makes it happen. Give it up for your president, Dave Cavill.
And Dave, we'll start with you. And, and, and it's true because you, you've actually built a stadium, is what you did with the Via Stadium down in the South Bay with the earthquakes. You, you know it's not easy, but the thing that I love is, like, no matter what happens to you, it's always positive and always moving forward. Well, it's all about momentum, getting these big ballparks or stadiums approved. And so you just need the fans, the community, everyone pulling the same direction to make such a massive project happen. And I think that's the exciting thing about where we are with the A's new ballpark here at Jack London Square. We have gotten so many approvals over the last year and a half, probably more than I thought were even possible, and this will be the year we get the final approval. And so hopefully it will happen this summer. City, we just need one big city council vote. And so we just got a vote this week. We got an 8-0 vote, which getting a unanimous vote for the city of uh, Oakland is, you know, almost like a miracle, but we did it. And so we need another. We just need five. We don't need eight, but we'll, we'll take as many as we can get. And that'll be a great day for Oakland and for the A's and will allow us to get over the political approval so we can move forward and break ground. That away. Get the shovels ready. <laughs> for you, what has it been like getting all, all these votes and you're getting unanimous votes that people like look and go, how's he doing that? What's it like for you when you see 8-0 and all the votes? What does, it, what does that mean to you? Well, I mean, it's, it's obviously a positive thing because there's been times earlier, like when we had the Peralta site and we had a setback and it didn't pan out. So it hasn't always been, you know, um, we haven't won everything. But I think the last year or so, we've had a really good um, narrative. We've had a really good momentum. I think we have a site that makes a lot of sense and can really transform this part of Oakland in a positive way. And so I think all those things are kind of coming together in, in a really positive way. And, Billy, I remember everybody used to ask you the questions about the stadium, and you're like, hey, I, I run the baseball operations. How great is it for you to see this really start to be real? Well, first of all, just so you guys know, Dave behind closed doors is exactly the way you see him now. He, he, I, and I say it as the ultimate compliment. He is the ultimate optimist. He's an absolute joy to work next to because he basically doesn't – I don't want to say no. That's the wrong word because it sounds pushy, but he just thinks he – He's going to figure out a way to get things done. So you got a great guy uh, who's uh, thank you, Bill. Uh, and uh, but listen, I'm, yeah, I've been here for so many years. Again, it's in capable hands. They don't need me working on the stadium because we got Dave and his uh, team working. Me and David Forrest had Bobby have Bobby Melvin have our hands full putting together a, a team every single year. What's kind of cool out here is I've sort of it's been this might well, how many years now? Twenty three years, uh, uh, and. And I see the jerseys out there, and I see the Chapman jerseys, I see the Olsen jerseys, and I started thinking about all the errors we had, you know, going back to, you know, with McGuire. And, uh, and then the Giambi, Hudson, Mulder, Zito, then Frank Thomas, Danny Heron, Nick Swisher, and now this group now, and then the, you know, the, the thir 12, 13, 14. And it's really neat to, to, to know that you've got that foundation. You know, I talked to uh, Susan Slusser at the Chronicle. You may know her. She's been, uh, yeah. She and, and this is probably the, uh, the, the winter we've been the least active. And normally you'd say, well, that's not a good thing. But I think it actually is a good thing because I think it shows the stability uh, with this team. And we didn't really have, we didn't feel like we needed to make a lot of transactions because this team, uh, A, it's young, it's returning, uh, coming off two 97-win seasons. And, and we feel really good about the core going forward. And so we, me and David and the rest of the crew didn't have a whole lot to do this winter. By the way, no one's been running a baseball team longer than this guy he's the longest tenured gm now vice president in all of baseball that really says something 
Oh, it says it all. I mean, I think it's, it's tremendous, the continuity that we have on the baseball operations side with Billy, his team, David, Bob. It's incredible. It's a huge asset that we have here in, in Oakland, and um, it's a joy to work with them. You know, Billy, I think you said it perfectly. It's not a whole lot of movement this offseason when, like, just a year ago you're trying to put together a pitching staff. I mean, how nice is it knowing that you got some real continuity? Not, I mean, everywhere you look across the board, you're talking about starting pitching, you're talking about your core players, your position players, that no movement really is a great thing, that your team's ready to compete really for, for a World Series. Yeah, well, uh, listen, you know, we got to do it on the field, but I listen, we feel really good about this team. It's nice. It's comforting for me. A year ago, as you said, we were trying to put together a starting rotation, and then now when I get to walk, got, walk past guy, and I have to look up, by the way, at Sean Manai and A.J. Puck and, and Montes. You know, people forget Montes is one of the best pitchers in the American League last year, and we lost him a lot. Uh, he'll be back. Uh, we get to introduce Jesus Lazardo, who some of you saw last year. It uh, hey, listen, Chris Bassett was uh, did an outstanding job for people. A guy like Chris Bassett's on our uh, rotation, in our rotation. Nobody talks about. It. He had an outstanding year for still a young guy, and and so uh, we are very excited. And it's a far cry from where we were last year, and uh, we're we're excited about it. And, and and listen, those guys get to hit the ball to Matt Chapman and Marcus Simeon on the left side of the infield, and we've got one of the better defensive outfielders in the league too. So it's a yeah, it's a good club. Right over here is the great Dick Callahan. If you'd like to ask either of these gentlemen a question, away, Dick. line up over here and we'll get that. And, you know, you mentioned Marcus Simeon. And, you know, when Marcus got here, it was great. He's a Cal guy, grew up here in the Bay Area. And just the transformation of all those errors and didn't look like a shortstop. And to, to now he's third in the MVP balloting. I mean, you talk about someone who's – Salt of the earth, right? He's a great man. He's a great husband. He's a great father. And to watch that work ethic and to turn it around. Have you ever seen a turnaround like that in your career? Uh, no. And it's all the credit goes number one to Marcus. And, and the other guy, I think it's been well known, I, is, is Wash had a huge impact, uh, I think, on his career. But, I mean, listen, this is all Marcus. And the only thing uh, David and I will take credit for is I remember being in the weight room uh, and it was on, I think it was on a Sunday afternoon, and, and Marcus was at the low point as a, when he was with us that first year. And I just turned to David, I said, we gotta get, Mar we gotta get Wash in here. And you know, I've had experience with Wash. As a, he was a teammate of mine. I brought him in here as a coach. I saw what he did with Eric Chavez. I saw what he did with Miguel Tejada, and I just knew this was the perfect, it was just, it wasn't that Marcus needed some, I mean, he was already a talented guy. He just needed really that guy that he could talk to on a daily basis, and, and, and Wash helped bring it all together. But it's, it's all Marcus. And the one thing that's really lost uh, when people talk about Marcus Simeon, and I know this because I look over and I see Bob, and, I, and we'll sit in his office every day. The guy plays every single day. And, in fact, Bob gets stressed out. Like, he'll kind of whisper to me, and he'll go, I really think we need to give Marcus a day off, but I'm afraid to tell him. Uh, <laughs> And, and it's true, and, it is, and Marcus will, if, you, if Bob tries to sneak a day off on him, Marcus was going to come in that thing, I want to play. And you guys have no idea how valuable that is to the entire organization when you have a guy playing the most, arguably one of the most demanding positions who refuses to take a day off. I mean, when you can count on a guy like that, and he's such a great player, I mean, it just, that's so unique. I mean, yeah, playing 162 straight games, it just doesn't happen anymore. And talk about for you and everything that you're doing, Dave, how what, what, what Billy and David and Bob have put together, how much the team winning helps you do your business away from the stadium. 
it, it's critical. And, you know, I think, you know, a lot of times this is all about timing and making sure that everything is in alignment and having this incredible team that Billy and David have put together, you know, stars like Marcus Simeon and Chapman and Olsen, you know, incredible players that we all love, you know, having them when we're going through this approval process of the ballpark, it's really essential. I mean, you really need to be able to have that all coming together at the right time to have success. And so um, that's one reason that I think the partnership is working and that we're having all the positive votes and, and success so far. You know, I, I like to say all the time, if, if you're listening to the pre and post game show or Ace Cast Live about how the big difference, the big change since you took over was to really put your arms around the fan base and say, you know what, we love you. We want you a part of this. We want you to be involved with this. We want you not only just come to games, but just to know how much we appreciate you, the A's fans. Tell these people what it was about your strategy coming in to go, you know, we need you. Well, I mean, I'm a fan at heart myself. You know, I grew up, you know, loving baseball. And, you know, I went out to Cleveland Municipal Stadium. I saw guys like Ray Fossey play and things like that. And uh, we didn't have many good players then. So, um, but nonetheless, you know, like I, I know as a fan what it means to have the connection to the players, to have a place where you want to come that's really like a second home and where you can have shared experiences with your father or your brother or your mother. And that's what baseball is all about. It's about family. And everyone here is part of our extended A's family. And it really means a lot to me to be the steward of that for this period of time and to ensure that everyone has an incredible experience at the ballpark both at the Coliseum and then at our new ballpark that we're going to build behind us. It's going to be a really special thing. And when you talk about family, Billy, you think about how long you've been here. I mean, starting from your playing days, I mean, wife, family, so much has happened to you here and what this organization truly means to you. Because really, I mean, other than guys like Steve Vucinich, not many people have been around here longer than you. No, listen, I, and I'm, it's an honor, to, honestly. I've always uh, sort of felt I was part of a special organization, a special community. As you said, I've got, I'm raising my uh, children here, my wife's from here, so uh, the idea of not being here, I just, I've never been able to manage, uh, imagine it. So I, I'm the one who feels fortunate. And you know, this gives me an opportunity to mention Vuce. Um, you tell you, it's kind of a sad day for all of us here with Oakland because our long, my longtime executive assistant, you, you have never heard of her, but her name's Betty Shinoda who's one of the most amazing A's uh, employees we've ever had here. She's retiring. Tonight's her retirement dinner. And I'm going to get, like, sad thinking about it, to be honest with you. So she's a good woman, and uh, she's also part of her family. And I'm lucky to be a part of it, too. All right, let's go down to our first question. Let's go to Dick Callahan. Thanks, Chris. Our first question is from John from Woodland, and he's directed the question to Billy Bean. Of course. <laughs> so I'm watching Moneyball for, like, the 100th time this morning. And um, I want to know how much of that film took uh, artistic license from, like, what actually happened in real life. Well, actually, all, did you like it? Did you like the movie? Oh, yeah. of course, okay. of course. Let's start with that premise, right? Uh, well, here's, here's actually all the parts that you liked, which sounds like you like most of it, right? Yeah. Those were all true. Wow. And all the parts you didn't like completely made up. How's that? Thank you, thank you. Okay. Our next... Lori from Concord. Okay, my question and comment are for Dave. Uh, first, a comment. Um, I noticed, like many of the past presidents of the United States, Dave, your hair has gotten a little grayer since you took over your position as president. But it, it looks good, though. It looks good. A and I do want you to know that I'm your biggest fan, Dave. 
and I have lots of friends who insist that the ballpark will not happen. And I, my Boo. response, my response, including my son, by the way, my response is always, my money's on Dave. Don't bet against him. Well, thank you. <laughs> okay. Now, quick question. Um, so we lost Chris Giles. He's going to spread the uh, access to, to the world. And I want to know, uh, uh, it's going to be hard to replace him, I assume. Are there, do you foresee any changes in access or what's on the horizon now that Chris has left? Well, we, we obviously want to commend Chris for all his contributions to the organization. He did an incredible job. It was a great two and a half years. And, you know, I think we have an incredible group of executive leaders um, with the A's, our vice presidents. And so I feel very confident, confident with the team I have. And I think we're going to be able to execute both A's access and many of the other programs and improvements at the ballpark, things that David Renetti does, making sure the experience is great for all the fans. And so we have a great um, senior team of people to make sure everything is going to be fantastic for our fans and that we pull off everything we need to do to make this stadium a reality. And I appreciate your support. It matters a lot. So thank you. Thank you. Our next person is Paul from Emeryville, and his question is also for Billy Bean. Billy Bean, you were a member of the 1989 A's that won 99 victories and beat the Blue Jays in five games in the ALCS and then swept San Francisco in the World Series. What was it like yeah. playing on the 1989 A's? What was your experience like earning that World Series championship ring? Well, you know, it's fun. We have Dennis Eckersley here today, who is obviously a critical member, Hall of Famer, former A's. Heck. Honestly, you know what I felt like on that team? I used to sit there and go, what am I doing here? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it was an, it, it's one of the most underrated championship teams, I think, of all time. And a lot of it because of the, you know, the tragedy we had here in the Bay Area. But, I mean, Hall of Famers everywhere. And honestly, the, the idea that I, they, they actually had a spot that they could squeeze me in, I had no business being on that team. It was, one of the, it was an amazing team. It was, not only was it a great team playing-wise, and they were great guys. I mean, Dave Parker, Mark McGuire, Jose, Ricky, I mean, on and on. Uh, but you, you think about it, Sandy Alderson, probably a future Hall of Famer. Tony La Russa, a Hall of Famer. It's possible Dave Duncan goes in as a pitching coach. So to be able at that age, I was in my 20s then, and to be able to be around that uh, that type of greatness, not just on the field, but in the, uh, in the executive room as well, was quite, a, I think for me, it was, had a huge impact. And I think it's one of the reasons I'm here today, because I got to hang around some greats. And so uh, I feel honored. I probably didn't deserve to be anywhere near that team, but somehow I weaseled my way on. You, you, you know, you think about that team, and, and I was in high school at the time, and being a baseball player, everybody gravitated to that team because of such greatness they were, you guys were rock stars. You were like, like, like when they talk about Michael Jordan and the Bulls, what like Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire and then Ricky Henderson comes over. You're talking about the all-time swag. I mean, it just wasn't like you were a good baseball team. Literally, you were like the number one team in sports. You guys were rock stars. Whenever you say you, I always say they, but uh, because the, it, what, but you're right. I remember pulling up on the on the bus, and there would literally be like like just the depth of people waiting for the bus at the hotel. Uh, it was, and it was. I mean, again, it wasn't because of me. It was fun being around it, but uh, and it was a fun group too. I mean, uh, to this day, uh, Dave Parker's uh, you know struggling with some health issues right now, but 
I, I still, he was still the funniest man I've ever been around, beyond his great talents. But it was, it was a good bunch of guys. I mean, you know, getting to see Dennis here today, Eck. I mean, one of the things I always appreciate about Eck is that as great a player as he was, I was like the 26th man on a 25-man roster, and he literally treated everybody the same. I mean, I was, I think, as close to Dennis as anybody, and we had no business being in the same locker room. But it was a unique group of guys, and they were, it was like traveling with a bunch of rock stars. It was incredible. It was fun. It was fun to watch. Yeah, and, and I think that's one of the things, I think, for all of you, I, we're all A's fans, and we'll agree, one thing since you've come in, honoring the great history of this organization, starting a Hall of Fame, you know, honoring 72, 73, 74, 89, you know, because it's almost like at one point we didn't even want to talk about our history. The fact that you've brought that to this ball club, tell us what was the thought process behind that and, and, and really embracing who we are? Well, I mean, I think we have one of the great histories of all sporting teams in the world, you know, right here in Oakland. You know, if you even go back and think about what we did in Philadelphia, the nine world championships total, and also just the characters, the type of players we've had have been really entertaining and have always done things that have pushed the game forward in every way, including Billy here with Moneyball. Like, all that stuff together is part of our heritage. And so, you know, I just felt that it was important to honor that and celebrate it and have fun with it. And I like throwing parties. So we have a Hall of Fame party, and we get everyone together. And, you know, we you know, basically retell all the war stories of all those great years and, you know, honoring the 70s club and then the 80s and then obviously the... You know, the big three, like all these different people can be part of who we are and getting that new generation to appreciate what's happened in the past. And so you can pass along, you know, the A's fandom to the next generation. That's really important. Think about this, A's fans. We're not that far away from, remember we didn't even do Fan Fest? To now think where we are today. Give it up for Dave Cavill. <laughs> Dick, who do we have? Well, gentlemen, buckle up your seats. We have an astrologer who has a question that she'd like to ask, and ask both of the gentlemen up there. Are we ready? Yes. She's, fr she's from Berkeley. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means, but she said it anyway. All right, go for it. Hi, everybody. Hi, Billy, Towney, and Dave. Uh, just wanted to check in and um, make sure you're in tune. I like what you said about the planets aligning. The 2020 Mercury retrograde dates, Dave, uh, to be aware of, February 16th to March 9th, which is when spring training starts, curiously enough, June 17th to July 12th, October 13th to November 3rd, hopefully when the A's are in the World Series. So I just wanted to ask if you'd you know, take that into account, because I know the Peralta deal fell through during a Mercury retrograde. So we're going to try to avoid these retrogrades at all costs. So I think the draft EIR is going to come out on Valentine's Day, so a couple days before the retrograde. So I think that could be good. So I, I appreciate the heads up on that. We will not make that mistake again. <laughs> your, your name, sir? My name is Brent. I'm from Modesto. Uh, this question's for Billy. Um, do you and David Force feel like you are finished addressing the bullpen needs for this coming season, or are there still more transactions in that regard in the future? Well, I think there's always a possibility. I mean, you, you never stop looking. I think, uh, I think the bulk of our work is done, including with the bullpen. Uh, but we will continue to look for – this is the time of year when you start looking for some veteran non-roster guys to bring into camp, and I think that would be the same with the bullpen. But uh, there's, there's nothing 
imminent happening there. But again, we feel good about this team going in. And I'm sure your concerns, like everybody, you can never have enough bullpen guys. Uh, agreed with that, and, and we will continue to keep our eyes and ears open. You know, something new this year, 26 guys now on the roster. So what's the thought with adding an extra player? Is it another guy who's super versatile? I mean, ideally, I think you'd want a guy who would even catch. <laughs> I mean, if you, so what do you think about with that 26-man uh, spot? I, I think we're going to find out. I think it'll, uh, it'll uh, evolve the use of that 26th man. There's some limitations as far as you can't just con continue to add as many pitchers as you want. But I think more often than not, it will come in the form of a young guy that you want to hold on to, maybe who's out of options. Uh, a Rule 5 pick, it gives you a little more uh, flexibility with Rule 5 picks. Uh, and then probably more often than not, it will be a guy who could play a bunch of positions, you know, similar like what we have with uh, Tony Kemp, which was one of the reasons for that acquisition was not only his ability to play second base potentially, but his ability to play the outfield as well. Is versatility changed over time for you? Like what we see, I mean, you know, I, I call Mark Canna duct tape because you can put him anywhere. Like you, you, you need him to fill in a DH. You need to put him in center field. You think of Chad Pender. Have you seen versatility become such a big key now in baseball? Uh, yeah, especially when you look at the way uh, teams shift nowadays. You know, you, you look at uh, Mike Moustakas, who literally just who came up as a kind of a classic third baseman when he came up with the Royals, and, and he was essentially signed as a second baseman with the Reds. Uh, and a lot of that sort of came out as versatility, his ability to play all over different parts of the infield came out because of the shift. So uh, it helped him as a player, as an individual, it helps the team. Uh, and we saw, you know, one of the first guys really in the history of the game to do that was our own Tony Phillips, who was also a member of that 89 team. And uh, yeah, great player and uh, an underrated player too. And he was really one of the first guys uh, to perform in that role. And Tony took advantage of I mean, it. He played center field, he played the outfield, he played second base. And then we had our own Ben Zobrist, and, and again, I think teams are looking for that because, number one, the shift re requires guys to have in, uh, the ability to kind of move around the infield. So uh, it's, a, it's a big help for, uh, for the manager, and it's the, that type of player we always look for. Listen, the other thing you're seeing, too, is guys who are pitching and playing a position. You know, you got McKay in uh, Tampa Bay. You're going to probably see more of that, too, guys taking advantage of guys who can pitch uh, and be position players, just, again, to, to exploit the strengths of all the uh, players you have. Next question, Dick. Dory from Pleasant Hill. Uh, Dave, I was wondering if the timeline has changed at all and if we're still looking at 2023 for an opening. No, it's the same timeline. You know, we're looking to get the final political approval, hopefully by this summer. Then you kind of move into this, like, lawsuit phase. That's probably the phase where that we have the least confidence about the timing of it. But we're hopeful that will not be any longer than um, nine months, which we got the state legislation for. So hopefully we can actually get to a groundbreaking in 2021. That's our current path, so we can open the stadium by 2023. And so we're going to keep pushing hard against the city to make that happen. You know, there's a lot of reasons they want to slow things down, but, you know, this is a really important thing for our organization to know that we have the political approval, that we can move forward. You know, things like the stars are aligning, you know, to make that happen. And we're just going to do everything we can to hit the hurdles and, and make sure we open this thing. Do you sleep? I sleep very well. Really? Yes. That's the secret. That's the secret. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our next person, his name is Dominic. He's from Oakland. He has a question about Stomper. Yeah, uh, my granddaughter asked me why Stomper, how, how he came to be. And I said, about the white elephant story. I told her about the white elephant story. And then she asked me, why is Stomper gray? So I'm at some. 
That's a very existential question. Why is an elephant gray? I, I, I don't know if I can answer that. I almost need a philosopher to answer that. But, but, but obviously, the, like we, I think what, the key thing with the elephant is obviously it goes back to our history. 1901, Connie Mack, John McGraw, the Giants called our team a bunch of white elephants, and then you know, Connie Mack played is, into it. Go ahead. All right, next Giants. is Marshall from... Yep. Hello. Um, I'd like to know what you guys can do about the damn giants. Well, we've planted Farhan over there right now. He's the perfect play. Thank you. We're playing the long game. He's a double agent. Yeah. Your name? Dominic from uh, Turlock. This is Dominic from Turlock with our next question. Hi. Uh, you were just talking about Mark Canopy and the duct tape, and that reminded me of a question I've been wondering. Um, we all saw what happened last year when we gave Mark Canna a full-time job, and he had great production. Um, and also in regards to our only kind of really hole we have on the roster at second base, uh, what, what do you guys think about giving Chad Pinder that same kind of opportunity, giving him everyday chances? Maybe he kind of does that, what Mark Pinder did, you know what I mean? Especially, especially now that we have Tony Kemp to be that utility guy. Chad Pinder may be our everyday second baseman. Give it a shot. I don't know. It sounds like we should save that question for Bob. He's up next. So how's that? Yeah. Last one. Dennis from Sacramento. Just really quick, I just want to know, is there going to be any Ricky Henderson statue in front of the new stadium or, or any Hall of Fame for the old players? We, we are working on both the Hall of Fame as well as statues of all our great players for the new ballpark. So, yes, that is something we're going to do. That's long overdue, and it'll be a great part of the new venue. So I'm glad, and thank you for bringing it up. Well, that's one of the great things about our history is there's, you know, a, a book came out recently about talking about all-time teams for every organization, and you talk about all the great Philadelphia athletics who are in the Hall of Fame, and then all the great Hall of Famers and great players who have played here. And, you know, I got to see it in Green Bay last year being there, and their, their Hall of Fame actually looks like the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's incredible. Uh, the, the number of players that we have, I mean, it really can be a very robust thing. And, and it can celebrate not only the A's players, but also just the great baseball players that are from Oakland, too. So I think we have both those things, the Frank Robinson, Willie Stargell. I think it would be a great thing. How great is it to be in those meetings with your architects and just designing a stadium? I mean, you can do anything you want. It's fun. It's a great time. We have a great architect in Bjarke Ingels from Denmark. I think he's only been to like three baseball games, so he's not bringing the baseball side, so i got to bring that. Uh, but he is very innovative, and it's just a great um, team we have in designing and building the new building. And a lot of people need to know that you went around to all these different stadiums, and all these stadiums are beautiful, all these new stadiums, that you have the ability to take the best of what they did with each stadium. Yeah, and I think with the waterfront location, too, you know, you just have a really unique setting for a ballpark, then you can do a lot with that. And so we want to make sure that it's uniquely Oakland, that it actually incorporates the vistas of the water and really does something that is really unique to our community. And I think, Billy, about a new stadium, but for you, it's now. And the reality is still in the Coliseum, and you have a team that's built to win now. I think that's your way of saying, Billy, you're old. You need a stadium. <laughs> Which is true. <laughs> so, uh, no, you're right. It, um, and, and 
listen, the, the thing we've all, most for us, the great thing about having a stadium, we've always felt confident in our ability to develop teams. I think the challenge for us is holding on to those teams. In some sense, they've been, you know, they've, we've, they've outpriced themselves uh, to where we are. But we hope to change that, and Dave hopes to change that, so that uh, people, when they sign with the A's, are, make, are spend their career here. And uh, New Stadium's going to help us do that. You know, going into a season, You've been doing this a long time. What excites you going into a season? You know, I love the uh, spring training. Is great. I mean, listen, I, every year my, my body's in such a cycle. This is my 40th year in the game of professional baseball. It's the only job I, or job since I've been 18. I pulled weeds as a kid. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, so it's the only thing I know. So my body has cycles. So we, whenever we have Fan Fest, it's like now for the next couple of weeks, David and I, we do. We start getting really excited about spring training. We love the first day we. We, we walk into the uh, locker room. We love the idea that we're all going to get a cold in spring training because there's like 50 guys surrounded shaking hands with each other the first day. But uh, it's, it's, you know, it's been, my, uh, uh, it's been part of my life every single, uh, every single year. So I, I get excited just like everybody else the first day of spring training. I'm like a little kid. And I think about continuity. I mean, when, when you go through our press guide and you look at your staff, I mean, Keith Lipman, who's going to scale back now, but you talk about him 50 years with the – I mean, the, all the people that you have on your staff have been with you for so long. How proud are you of that? And, and listen, they've had the opportunity to go. I mean, you, you don't know how many – every year somebody I have to hold off some team from trying to hire David from me. You know, before that it was uh, Farhan, you know, uh, who um, – you know, Paul D. Podesta. The, the ones that do leave go – they go reluctantly. And so uh, I'm fortunate that David stayed next to me for as long as he has, and uh, uh, again, he's one of the best in the business. And again, it's, I think it's a credit to the culture, not just myself. I think we've always had a great culture. I mean, the fans are part of that culture. I think people love living in this area. I know I do, I know David does, and, and our staff does. So uh, again, uh, yeah, I'm pretty proud of that fact, and you know, hopefully they stay a lot longer. Yeah, you think of the baseball side, we'll end on this, and then the, the, the business operations. It's just the sense, you know, that expression, everybody's pulling on the same rope. And as you're the man who leads this franchise, uh, you got to be feeling that, that everything's, you know, the ship's going in the right direction. Oh, absolutely. And that, that's why we're so excited for 2020. And it's going to be a great season, you know, on and off the field. And uh, we can't wait to bring it to you guys. You guys deserve it. I always love doing this. It's so much fun, FanFest. It really is the start of the baseball season. And when you talk to these two guys, these are the two main players for the athletics. It was a lot of fun. I want to thank Dave Cavill and Billy Bean and all of you for coming to FanFest. Now back to A's Cast, powered by TuneIn. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.